What's up, Dreadheads? I'm John. And I'm Joe. And welcome to episode 39 of Spread the Dread podcast. And this week, we're going to talk about Geraldine. Wait, so I was about to say Geraldine. <laughs> I made him one. Yeah, I know. That's what happens when you fall in love, honestly. It's the, it's the Benefer. When Jen, Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck, yeah. these, are, these are the Benefer of fucking Spread the Dread. <laughs> Gerald and Charlene Gallego. Gallego. I feel like we're, yeah, we're probably going to. We're going to do tomato, tomato. That's fine. I'm going to say Gallego because <laughs> mm-hmm. when writing the notes, that's just the way it was in my head. Yeah. No, and, I'm and, just going to just read it because I suck at it. So why not? Just but, mispronounce it all the fuck. Yep. And that's going to be fine because they are codenamed the Love Slave Killers. So fucking strap in, motherfuckers. We want to welcome all of y'all, obviously. And thank y'all for the great response for episode 37 and 38. Uh, episode 37 was Alexander Pachushkin, the chessboard killer. killer. Great one that you're definitely going to want to check out soon because a future episode is referenced in that, and that's going to be coming in just a few short weeks. So if you haven't checked that episode out, you're definitely going to want to do that. And then, Joe, episode 38, Juan Corona. Juan Corona, yeah. The Machete, machete murderer. murderer. A really really kind of obscure dude yes but the numbers are great because you guys know that's what we try to fucking do we're gonna cover them all that is just who we are <laughs> absolutely so uh let's get the business out of the way joe for anyone new or old this is your first time or your most recent time listening to us what's the one stop place to always find out about everything dreadful uh spreadthedreadpodcast.com and on there they're gonna find what uh links to all the most popular you know podcast platforms you can even stream it directly from the website if yep, you would there's like there's a player right there on it, it. absolutely um you also have full access to our merch store and as well as our donation yes and there's also links to our youtube and our bit shoot. Yes. And now, give bit shoot some love, y'all. Absolutely. Like so bit shoot's basically there because I mean we're not popular enough to really get noticed by YouTube's algorithm. Yeah. But just in fucking case, we use bit shoot as kind of our backup. So yeah. they don't censor shit. So everything's gonna be there. That's why I like that platform. <laughs> absolutely. But we put it on YouTube and you're definitely gonna want to be subscribing to the YouTube because I am we're ready to announce now. We're revamping Fright Flick, Fuck Mary Kill. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to actually, it's going to be also made as a podcast. So we're going to pull the audio out for the people who just like to listen, but there will be actually video, uh, on the YouTube. And then there's another series that we're launching called talking dread, where we're going to interview people, filmmakers, authors, actors, just people within and about the true crime and horror community. And again, that's going to have video on the YouTube. So if you haven't subscribed over there yet, definitely do it. Joe, I want to get into these guys. Yes. Well, this this guy and girl, <laughs> this couple, the love slave killers. Uh, one final thing. We have a, we have a new uh, podcast promo swap here. Yeah, we do. And it comes from our boy Cody, who uh, is, he's, uh, he's got a new podcast coming out. And it is called Paranormally Cryptid. So for any of you dreadheads out there that like your fucking Mothmans or your Bigfoots or your fucking Thunderbirds (laughs) or any of that stuff, you are definitely going to want to check this one out. So I'm going to roll that promo for you right now. Welcome to Paranormally Cryptid Podcast. I am your host, Cody. We're looking into ghost stories, monster stories. So join me on this adventure to the Lost Forest or to uncover what is in the dark. So once again, that is the Paranormally Cryptid Podcast. Go follow them on IG. Make sure to check them out on Spotify. Leave a five-star review for it. And again, if you're into cryptids and shit, which, I mean, if you're into dread, you got to be into all of the fucked up dread so stuff. I yeah. love some good cryptid shit. You're definitely going to want to check this one out. Our dude Cody uh, actually just got back from going to Mothman Festival in West yeah, Virginia. Yeah, and I was kind of ticked at you because I didn't know that was a thing and it was that close. And I'm like, holy fuck, why didn't we go? Right. Eventually, <laughs> we're going to run out of decent serial killers and we're going to start bringing cryptid shit in. <laughs> And we, we're probably just going to start stealing from Cody, no. which is fine. And no, we're, we're friends. Not. He's going to love that. But yes, 
Paranormally Cryptid, definitely check it out. Cody, you're doing good stuff over there. Keep going at it. But you know what, Cody? Go fuck yourself. This is Spread the Dread. <laughs> Let's get into episode 39, Joe. Gerald and Charlene Gallego, the love slave killers. Give me that bio like only you know how to do, babe. Yes. So Charlene Gallego, Gallego, however we're going to go. I don't know. It's whatever. <laughs> she I was- feel like one of us is right and we're not going to know until someone will straighten us out in the YouTube comments or Probably something. But so. so until then, yeah, potato, potato. Yeah. Um, she was actually born Charlene Adele Williams in Stockton, California on October 10th, 1956 to Charles and Mercedes Williams. Uh, Charles, he he was actually a respected entrepreneur who was the vice president of a supermarket chain. So, Ooh. affluence. Um, Easy, ladies. <laughs> or guys. You know we love y'all here. <laughs> um, so, uh, he and his wife, Mercedes, they had actually travel as part of their business life. So, you know, early school per- reports suggest Charlene was a quiet and shy child who had good attendance. So, it kind of, s- saying that in one breath, maybe they're gone a good bit. She's kind of left her own, you know, her own uh, recognizance to kind of like rear herself slightly, maybe. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. all of that changes, though, Joe, because Charlene's mother, Mercedes, uh, is actually got hurt badly in a car accident. And this was actually the reason... That uh, uh, Mercedes traveling around with Charles kind of actually came to a halt. So during this time when when her mother, you know, was hurt, you know, bad in this car accident, Charlene uh, actually started taking over uh, like a more of a mom role in the house. And she would actually accompany her her dad, Charles, on his business trips. Now, on these business trips, Charlene was actually praised by her father's clients for being very intelligent and and well spoken, Joe, and and that leads us up to high school. Yeah, and that's where she begins start, you know, taking drugs and bragging to friends there, about having a over black there lover, marijuana, and <laughs> fucking smoking heroines and all them things you fucking you lunatics uh, yeah and i mean how she's bragging she's over there like i guess uh smoking black cock too so <laughs> she's over there bragging yeah, about yeah, having yeah, a black yeah. lover by the way this is this was this was mentioned explicitly <laughs> in all of the source material i swear to god uh that she bragged to friends about having a black lover <laughs> Um, again, we got to remember she was born in the, fi- in the late fifties. So by this point it's, you know, late sixties, um, eh, no, early to mid seventies. Uh, but yeah, she bragged about that. Now, Charlene eventually married a young, wealthy, uh, man, uh, who was a heroin addict. Jeez. I don't know how that worked out. That does not seem like the kind of. Addiction uh, you would have yeah, with that kind of affluence. Very congruent like with earning Coke, I money. could understand. Right. Yeah. Uh, he, now, he claimed that Charlene was obsessed with, again, I'm giving you the notes the way they were given, lesbian sex. That's two women's. <laughs> uh, and, and she actually fell as easy. Easy. Because I know what all of us are thinking is, what the fuck was wrong with this guy? Begged him <laughs> to have a threesome with her and a prostitute. Now, the prostitute the part. The on begged? <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, begged. My, my biggest concern is the prostitute. Do I have a say? Can it not be a prostitute? Do you got a friend who might be curious whose health record we may know a little yeah, bit no, more right? about? But again, you know, all caution to the wind. That's a lot of fucking heteronormative cisgendered males fantasy. Oh, and this dude, like, I feel like most of us, like, if no one was going to know, we could look past the prostitute part. <laughs> I feel like most of us, especially in this fucking community, would have been okay with that. Um, she was also using like a lot of drugs and basically kind of quit caring about her appearance. Uh, her first husband uh, hated that Charlene's parents was also very, they were very much into their relationship. Mm-hmm. Again, though, you, you, got the, you got Mercedes, her mother, who gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Charlene starts taking on more of an, uh, uh, like I said, like a motherly role. She's helping her father, Charles, run the house. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that, that probably led to it, but I could get that from, like, her husband's standpoint. Um, uh, and the, the marriage, Joe, eventually failed. And they got divorced. Now, Charlene Joe 
then marries again a, a soldier. A soldier. And, of course, a descri- but described as a mother's boy. Yeah, that's how she described so it. So that means probably he was kind of normal. <laughs> he just like even normal read in the notes She yet. was like, I don't understand why he won't bang a prostitute with me. <laughs> Mama's boy. Uh, well, she grew very uh, grew bored and uh, him and they ended up getting a divorce as well. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Know. Yeah, she's wanting. She needs drama. Um, then well, yeah, further further proof of the drama she needs. Go ahead. Yeah, with the next I know. Point. She then has an affair with a married man who in the relationship after she asked if they could have sex with his wife. Again, guys, calm down. No one seems <laughs> to be taking her up on these offers. <laughs> They seem to be an impasse in all of her relationships. And I don't know. I mean, again, we're talking about somewhere between the early to mid-70s. I don't know how dudes were then. I just don't see her getting divorced as much in 2022. Maybe. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I can see that. (laughs) Someone's got to say it, and God damn it, if I won't. But, Joe, (laughs) after the breakup... With uh, with uh, the 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 married, married man, man, I thought. Yeah. Sorry, I thought maybe it was still with the mama's boy. No, yeah. that ended, and she's with the other guy. She actually attempted a suicide, Joe, but she survived, God and it was damn. not long after this that she finally meets up with her better slash worst half, <laughs> Mister. Gerald Gallego. Yep. So Jared Gallego was born on July 17th, 1946 in Sacramento, California. So wait, he was 46. Oh, Charlene was 56. So so 10 year difference there. Mm, All right. So keep that in mind, everyone. Yeah, Joe, continue. (laughs) So um, his mother and her numerous boyfriends had... (laughs) Morning, uh, morning, morning. (laughs) No, had beaten him during his formative years. So this he Yeah, but he knows drama. Um, And so when his mother became a prostitute, um, he was abused by some of her clients as well. Oh, God. Yeah, so he was often left hungry and dirty, and, you know, he was always pleading to be held and hugged. Oh, shit, um, so you got someone who's, who's desires, going through all this and is now desiring physical affection. Yeah. I wonder if Motherly. Charlene is going to be yeah. able to provide him physical affection oh, with all I of wonder. her, and apparently all of her prostitute contra- uh, contacts that she has. Now, this is also fucked up. So in 55, his biological father... Um, he actually played no part in his life, um, but he became the first man executed in the Mississippi gas chamber for killing for the killing of a police officer during a prison escape. Yeah, yeah, ain't so, that some yeah. shit? D- didn't come from good stock. Yeah, you know, like I, I'm all, Quest- I'm all let's I'm, say questionable stuff. I'm there all for <laughs> I'm all for legalizing sex work, but what his mother was engaging in was the worst form of that shit because obviously she's not even supporting her child with it yeah um so yeah yeah, and then he got a dad who fucking went to prison and then fucking they finally decided like we're gonna fucking kill his ass we're gonna gas this fucker a prison escape he fucking murdered a fucking like you know a cop okay so but yeah so gallagher he becomes a criminal or he he starts his criminal career off at you know age 13 oh that's a shocker i know when he sexually abuses a six-year-old girl Oh, fuck. See, yeah. and goddamn it, I wrote these notes. This is why when I, I should read ahead. <laughs> you I should. I should read fucking ahead. And I'm going, <laughs> you know what, Joe? You go ahead. So he had 23 arrests and served prison time after being convicted of a robbery prior to committing murder. Yeah, he 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 lived up. Actually, I think it was like he was trying to like challenge daddy. Yeah. I don't know if he knew like what all went down with his dad and shit like that, but he certainly had the genetics and he was fucking reveling in it. Yeah, well, yeah, but we also know like the cycle of power. More than likely, obviously, he's li- living in poverty, and we know how that kind of just breeds into cr- a crime, anyways. There's well, really yeah, no then, such and, thing and, as help. Yeah, so. and then he's also like basically genetically hardwired for it too. So yeah. I mean, yeah, that's in fucking rubber meat road it. right there. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, uh, Gallagher worked as a bartender as well as a truck driver. He was married a total of seven times. Yeah. Including yeah, if you thought two Charlene mar- was fucking racking up numbers. I know, right? And this, and what's funny is like it includes two marriages to the same woman, but left them after they ran out of money. See, I would have thought that he married. He so he married him for hugs. And then he was like, well, the money's good. Yeah. And then when the money ran out, I guess the hugs weren't as nice anymore. <laughs> he didn't crave them as much as he did. Yeah, but interesting enough, he was actually still married to a previous wife when he supposedly married Charlene Williams. Right, which brings us up 
to September 10th of 1977. Oh, that these, fateful day. Yes, a <laughs> month before Gerald, uh, sorry, not Gerald, a month before Charlene's 21st oh, birthday, gosh. she meets Gerald Gallego at a Sacramento poker club. So keep in mind, you know, Charlene was sexually submissive. Yeah, sexually very aggressive in what she wanted, but yeah, she 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 felt a more submissive role in the relationship. Yeah, so and her wanted that. Yeah, so her sexual submission relied uh, you know, strongly on conversational power play. And Which is probably why the mama's boy soldier didn't work out. Yeah, yeah, she needs somebody to kind of take the helm. Talk some shit. Yeah, so the submissive often indicates like to the dominant you know what he or she enjoys so in a way it's the submissives you know uh power in that you know they're completely that, in that, charge that is a true yeah. thing for anyone who knows about you know that lifestyle kind of yeah. stuff it is if it's ran properly technically the submissive is in charge they are giving yeah. up the power and if the respect is there like it's supposed to be in that yeah they technically are in charge. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Charlene, um, you know, she was disliked in work for being, you know, like kind of too flirtatious uh, with her other coworkers. But she wanted a man who would take charge and be dominant. Right. And along comes Gerald. He yeah. he, he appeared very streetwise to her, very masterful. Again, the motherfucker. That 10-year difference helps with that, too. Right. Yeah. He's fatherly. He's, well, then you got to think too. It's it, you know again, you got the bachelor's in psychology. The psychology of you know when her mom was you know put out of basically all commission, and Charlene has to kind of ascend to this role. Uh, it, you know, so maybe at that point it kind of does drive something of of because she got so close to her father on the road. I'm not suggesting anything happened or anything like that, but you know she's getting to work really close and at a young age is taking on a lot of responsibility mm-hmm. with. Technically, an older man as her partner, not in any sexual way, but it's her and her dad. Yeah, running it's a shit. level of companionship still. Yeah, it's, right. It's, but because it's of that age gap, too, maybe yeah. that's another thing that attracted her. Now, yeah. I couldn't find ages on some of the other people, but yeah, that I I would think because of that upbringing, the ten year age gap only played in Gerald's favor, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I would I would agree with you. Um, so within a week of me of them meeting, the they actually end up renting a house and moving Jesus. in together. Like well, whirlwind romance. Right, dude. That like, is creepy. Yeah, like we just need to be together all the time. Yeah. So, Which is I mean, they're on this show, Dreadheads. You know that was ultimately probably their downfall. <laughs> so he soon moved beyond, you know, flowers and chocolates and Charlene accepted that. He was more interested in his own sexual satisfaction. Right. The, 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 everything, the wooing wore off, and suddenly he's just like, yeah, yeah I'm whip kind out of a your get tits. mine kind of dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, maybe, hopefully, you know, you better get yours. I'm getting mine kind of thing. Uh, also, uh, Charlene was still fascinated, though, by, like, his machismo again. She, she liked the mm. way he carried himself, the, the, way, he present, uh, yeah. the way he presented himself. Uh, and she kind of soon started getting into what his fantasies were, Joe, and those fantasies was Gerald's love of rough sex. Of course. So, um, so like, at first, their sex life was, like, you know, it was good. They just wouldn't, I guess they couldn't get enough of each other. Yeah, they, they enjoyed you know? fucking. It was <laughs> yeah. just, but just standard fucking. They just Goddamn enjoyed rabbits. fucking. Goddamn rabbits, all right, yeah. yeah. So, um, the honeymoon period, yeah. you know? So he particularly enjoyed sodomizing Charlene, but she later said in court that she hated the painful experience. Right, yeah. So, so he was an anal guy, she wasn't. All right. Right, and again, that's where it goes into the whole, like we had talked about again, of the whole sub-dom thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, there's things of testing limits, but when someone, you know, when the safe word pops up or someone's like, no, this is a hard pass, that's supposed to be a respected boundary. Yeah. And it's not here, so it al- it already kind of skews all of that. Now, Joe, after they had been living together for a few months, Gerald actually brought home a 16-year-old dancer. I don't know where he obtained a 16-year-old dancer, to be fair. (sighs) But again, that was cross-referenced as well, and the age came up. 
And finally... Hey, there's her chocolate and, and her flowers right there. He brings right, her yeah, home the yeah. dancer. Gerald yeah. finally got the threesome with... I guess he was kind of a lot of the other guys like, no, no prostitutes. Again, not not knocking my sex yeah, but he, like, here. but he's still a dick about it because during the exchange, he makes it, makes sure that the two women only touch him, not each other. Oh, so he's like, selfish. oh, here you... Yeah, I know you're like, oh, oh you can see it, but you can't touch that's it. That's not shitty the as dre- hell. That's not the dreadhead way right there. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, it's all... It's all Everybody's all in on it. But yeah, and, and now, after all this went down. Yeah, so she's still there. Yeah. So uh, Gerald probably got up, <laughs> fucking took a great shower, <laughs> fucking got just looking at two <laughs> naked bras in the bed going, God damn, Gerald, you got this shit. <laughs> went to work on a fucking high. Now he gets back home from work. Still on that, you know he told some boys. He's got to have a couple of dudes at work that's fucking bros enough to fucking fucking lay that shit out there. Well, when he gets home, he finds Charlene and said dancer, which, by the way, 16. Let's go ahead and reiterate that. Charlene and the dancer are in bed together. Yeah. This pisses Gerald yeah, he fucking, off, Yeah, Joe. he gets enraged. He ends up throwing this girl out a fucking open goddamn window. If you're and then he cheat hits on Charlene. your significant other, leave windows closed unless you own a ranch house. Your lover can get tossed into a bush. That's fine. But if you're in an apartment complex and it, maybe it's a high rise, Help them out. Don't just give them an open window. I know. But, well, anyways, after all this, like, kind of settles, he still, he ends up, like, withholding sex from her, saying he's become, like, impotent. But Is impotence it, where you can't get erect? Yeah, or? A, yeah, he okay, yeah, can't okay. get it up. Uh, so, but in reality, though, he most likely, he probably found her unattractive because she'd actually finally shown him that she wasn't fully dependent on him for his sexual kick. So that kind of dissolved his sexual fantasy. Well, and again, since we've referenced the whole Dom sub thing, this is her crossing a line too. So it's, it's going tit for tat here because I, well, I will say this. I, it, I couldn't find if Gerald ever like expressed to her that that was not okay. But again, you guys just had a fucking night of sex and he wouldn't let you touch each other. Again, I'm not on Gerald's side here, but it would seem Charlene probably kind of knew that he wasn't down for that. And so, like, and I she imagine, got caught up. Yeah. yeah, bro. She probably, as soon as she fucking heard the car crank in the driveway, she, sh- she checked the time, was like, all right, he works about this far away. At about this time, I'm going to roll over and wake this chick now, was up. There and any we're gonna informa- go now, was there any information on how many kids uh, they actually had together? Um, so. No, but they did have some. Yeah. And and that brings us to where shit. We've had fun, dreadheads, obviously. So it has to fucking. It has to go dark at some point. Yep. Here is, here it is because. So while all this shit's going on and while they're together, um, they, Gerald had, there's a 14 year old kid. And the best way that I could find this daughter described was Gerald's daughter. Again, Gerald had been married many times prior. Yeah, so it could have been. So it could, a, yeah. it could have been basically Charlene's half-daughter or stepdaughter or however you want to say it. Um, but I could, other than that, this is the one I found. Um, but at this point, it's... Yeah, she's it, 14. Yeah, He's, it becomes known that he is sodomizing his own daughter and her friend and that he actually did this supposedly with Charlene's knowledge yeah so but it is unclear if she was in the room with them or just in the same apartment but evidently she actually didn't find anything immoral in what gerald had done yeah so so again no matter where she physically was she didn't have a problem with it whether or not she yeah we don't know if she witnessed it for some kind of sick fucking pleasure or if she just didn't fucking care and was just you know in the living room ripping cigs and fucking drinking Lipton iced tea while it went fucking down. But we, it's, it's pretty well established that she knew and didn't at the time seem to really express an issue with it. Yeah. So that, yeah, that, no, you're yeah, fucked. And, and so, so yeah. So now you, it you suggest honestly that she had, does have a lack of conscience. She's a fucking sociopath. Like it doesn't matter. Like <laughs> Well, and, and it, she's, she, they in general are really reminding me of Fred and Rose West. Thank you. That's that, actually where that's honestly where right. I was going with it. Cause I was just like, how many fucking kids do these people have together? So, 
right, you never know where all these youngins came. So, especially what seven times he said married. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was married seven times. Technically, four of those times were to two women. Yeah. Um, I just would have never pegged him as somebody who had kept up with his own kids, despite how shitty the mothers probably would have been. But for all we fucking yeah. know, he finally started getting interesting once she hit her teen years, because he's obviously a sick fuck. So yeah, who knows? I, either way, Gerald at this time, Joe, he's working as a bartender. Uh, and, but Charlene is suspecting he's sleeping with some of his customers, as you know, he was no longer giving her any kind of sexual interest. Again, this is still while the stuff with the daughter's going down. I don't know if the daughter friend thing was a one-time thing either. Couldn't find that out if it was an instance that was talked about or if it was some kind of ongoing fucking shit or anything like that. Um, Now, well, no, okay, here we go. It's definitely not their daughter because... I'm sorry, everyone. Again, I write these notes. These notes have been written for a little while. And they sit. Yeah. Thank you, Princess Zuzu. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So, I'm kind of coming at them new, too. So, we we, know. All of this shit took place within a year of them being together, Joe. God. So, definitely not her fucking daughter. But all of this shit has went down in roughly 365 days. And when they're hitting this part of their relationship... Gerald said that he needed a pair of love slaves, and she to has turn to procure them for him. And want yeah, want Charlene uh, to get him, Joe. Yeah. So some sources actually uh, suggest she agreed because she saw his word as kind of law. Like right, he, what he wanted, he had to get it done, or she had to get it done, and that you know she only wanted to please him. But it's more likely she wanted to satisfy her own strong lesbian desires, and. You know, the totally control uh, a, a helplessly tied up girl. So she could get right. something out of it yeah, as she's well. Like, I can, I can, I, it's, a, it's a 360 win for her. Let him get his shit and then I'll, I'll be able to get my stuff by now having this subdued woman in my house. Exactly, yeah. So, you know, whatever her motivation was, you know, she obviously agreed to lure, uh, lure, lure. God damn it, I hate you. Lure, lure. Lure, lure. Galago, um, Galago, whatever the fuck it is. You know. Teenage victims to their certain death. Right, and the emphasis is on teenage victims, dreadheads. And this is where the killing begins, y'all. This is how it starts. Let's get into it. So we're changing it up a little bit. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about kind of like their the motivation before we actually even jump into the victim. Yeah, a little bit of an overview. Yeah, like and a, before nice we break overview. shit down by victim. Yeah. So their first victims were in their teens, um, but the later ones were in their early twenties. And while Virginia McHale was in her mid thirties, yeah, that name will come back up. So I, I think what eventually it shows is that the de- the desire for the outcome. And the result of what they were doing became more alluring to them, probably particularly more alluring to Gerald than the age of the girls that he was doing. I think by the end of it, he got addicted to what they were doing more or got more of a kick out of it than the idea of. Age. Going after younger girls. Yeah, yes. yeah. So, but more often than not, um, they abducted two at a time. Yeah, which is not normal. That's not normal. That's not normal, what we would describe serial killer behavior, maybe because there's two of them. Yeah. But even like Paul and Carla didn't do that. No. Mm-mm. You know, it, the homocles, <laughs> we've already covered the fucking, you know, Ken and Barbie one. So go check that one out. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah. So they would often um, abduct them from public or semi-public places and often at gunpoint with a 357 Magnum. Um, with Charlene acting as the lure and take them, uh, you know, taking them into their van where Gerald would then rape them repeatedly before killing them in various ways. So usually by shooting them with a, you know, a 25 Beretta or bludgeoning them with some, you know, identical object. Yeah. So the guns were coming into play to, to subdue, mm. to, to instill the fear, to get them to where they were going to do probably talks of, Hey, if you just do this, we'll let you go. Yeah. And then Usually the preferred method, I would say that the preferred method was definitely bludgeoning as we'll get into when shit worked out yeah, um, and stuff like that. But yeah, it, it's it, it. So now them them grabbing them from public places, Joe, does that suggest that they, it was more like an in the moment kind of thing? Where like they like just there. Well, and I, I hate mean, to say Char- it this way, but again, this is. Alert, I mean, it's kind of it. If she's supposed to be kind of hooking them in, I mean, it. it 
it kind of makes sense they'd be in public places. You know, a, a woman would have her defenses down, her guard down if another woman approached her. And especially two against one. One single woman walked up to me and my girlfriend, you know, we're hanging out and she, hey, I need to help with this, you know, and it's a single female. Like, ah, yeah, I'll help you out, you girl. Know, I got you. That's actually something that I think is very smart. Mm. And you bring up a lot of smart shit because you're <laughs> far more educated and smart than me, probably because you're half Asian. <laughs> but that's something I didn't think about is that if they're if they're taking two at a time often again there's a single woman approaching both of them there's always the feeling at least of strength in numbers yep but then they get back to where she's taking them and suddenly not only are the odds even i'm not trying to be a fucking chauvinistic fuck but now you got fucking crazed ass fucking Gerald in there with yeah, and both him and Charlene. Yeah, it's done. I would presume since a lot of the articles mentioned two different calibers of gun. Again, yeah. as Joe said, the three fifty seven Magnum and the twenty five Beretta. That's not a typo. Yeah. Those were both models that were involved in this stuff going on, which to me again would suggest that one had one and one had the other. Yeah. Uh, Gerald and Charlene. So that's a very interesting way of bringing up getting their trust because she uh, she approached them outnumbered. Yeah. That's fucking rare. Yeah. That's something I never yeah. put two and two together recording yeah. these notes. So fucking kudos on that, Joe. <laughs> Thank you. Fucking love you. This is why this is why this will always just be me and you on this podcast. <laughs> Spread the dreads always just me and Joe no matter what. But we've we've gotten that out of the way. Let's actually get into the breakdown of the victims, Joe. So this all kicks off on September 10th, 1978 yep. in Placer County, California, with Rhonda Scheffler, and, 17, and Kippy Vaught, 16. Yep. Um, they end up actually disappearing from a mall in Sacramento, California, and Charlene, you know, um, you know, lured them into a nearby van where Gerald threatened them with a gun, tied them up, and drove them to Baxter, California. Uh, both were sexually abused, you know, raped, bludgeoned with a tire iron, then uh, fatally shot in the head. And then we get to June 24th of 1979. Joe, we're in Reno, Nevada, and we have Brenda Judd, sadly, mm -hmm. I mean, all of them are sad, but 14, and Sandra Colley, only 13. And they were abducted from the Washoe County Fair, Washoe, Washoe uh, County Fair. Both of these girls were forced to perform sexual acts with each other, and then they were subsequently, Joe, beaten to death by yep. what was later revealed to be a shovel and, and a, a hammer. hammer. Yeah, so, and that brings us to April 4th, 1980 in Citrus Heights, California. Yeah, At in 1980s <clears throat> when stuff starts amping up, everybody. Again, if you noticed... September of 78, and they waited until June of 79. We got almost like a six to nine month pattern there. Then they waited about the same again, about 10 months. Yeah. 1980s where they start kicking off. They're get, Joe, now they're getting confident. Yeah. And they're getting addicted. Yeah, exactly. So, and that, and the victims were Stacy Redican, 17, and Karen Twig, 17. Uh, they also disappeared while at a mall in Sacramento, California. Both were sexually abused and then beaten to death with a hammer. Their bodies were not discovered until July of 1980. So, June 7th, 1980, I Port or, uh, Port Orford? Yeah, Port Orford, Oregon. Oregon. That's uh, or, yeah, or, or, or. Yeah. That's what it did to I know, my mouth. Yeah. Port Orford, Orford. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like the Swedish chef off the fucking Muppets. I know. Port Orford, Oregon. <laughs> flim de flirty de Linda Aguilera, 21. She was kidnapped actually while uh, hitchhiking, four months pregnant at the time of her fucking murder. Yes, and each of the sources actually noted that at this point she was, I mean, cause everyone's a little different, mm. but in Linda's case, she was visibly pregnant, pregnant. at this point. Pregnant. They, they would have, I won't say in the heat of the moment, they may have overlooked that, but at some point during all of this, they would have fucking noticed that God, for sure. Well, and also in her pleading say. too, cause I mean, there you're talking about that she was bludgeoned with a rock. I mean, probably when that rock got even pulled up, I'm pregnant. You know, even if she wasn't showing, you know, oh, I'm sure start that was playing. one of the first things out of her mouth. Please know, like even when they I'm first pregnant, got yeah. her into the van, you know, like yeah, and and they they absolutely showed no mercy, as you said. 
Now, Joe, July. Oh, 6th, well, hold on, hold on. What? I want to actually specify. She was she was bludgeoned with the rock, strangled, buried alive, and left for dead. Yeah. So not not only are they getting more cocky. I mean, this is again. This That's what actually feeds into being more confident and cocky about it. Now yeah. they're getting more sadistic because they're starting to feel like they're catching their groove. Yeah. Now, as Joe said earlier, the bodies of Stacy Redican and Karen Twiggs. They were murdered at the beginning of April of 1980. They were not discovered until three months later in July of 1980. Joe, what takes place on July 16th of 1980? Yeah, so on July 16th, 1980, Clarksburg, California, Virginia, Macau, 34. Yeah, the, the name we mentioned earlier yeah. and again now, now and officially their oldest victim. Yeah, so she was abducted from the parking lot of the tavern where she worked as a bartender. Uh, she was raped and then strangled with uh, some nylon fishing cord, and her remains were found three months later. Yep, so that would have been like uh, August, September. October. So in October. So, you know, middle to end of October is when she's discovered. And, and then, during that time, Gerald and Charlene don't strike again, Joe, until November 2nd of 1980. Yep, so November 2nd, 1980, Sacramento, California, Craig Miller, 22. And now is now we got our first male. Male, yeah, that's interesting. And Mary Sowers, 21. Again, they're, they're getting addicted to the act of it. Yeah. It's no... To this point, I don't even think it's even a sexual thing so much as it is the power of taking lives. No, it's it's really interesting because they were abducted at gunpoint while leaving a party. But Craig Miller, he was actually ordered out of the car and shot three times in the head. So he wasn't even part of the fantasy. They were just like, fuck it. We got control. Right. But and like, that could have been a machismo thing him? for I mean, him, though, too. But see, well, yeah, maybe that's the thing is like, you know, like, I got whole, your bitch and you know, boom, boom. Yeah, Mr. Studio boom. Girl kind of shit yeah. like that. But, I mean, that would be the only thing that made sense because, it, to me, it would make sense. If they didn't want him to be involved, uh, Craig Miller, then go look for someone else. Yeah. The moment you see that there's this girl yeah. with a guy and you know, like, okay, he's someone we're just going to have to actually kill and get out of the way of this. Why not look for someone else? Which, again, feeds into the sociopath tendencies that both of these had. And, again... As we see how 1980 is gearing up, they're getting more confident and they're feeling, I get, they're probably feeling more invincible. Like, ah, we'll just fucking kill him real quick and take his girl. Yeah, exactly. So um, he's shot in the head. His body was found near uh, Bass Lake in California. Mary Elizabeth Sowers was taken to the Gallagher's apartment where she was ra raped repeatedly. She was then taken to a field in Placer County, California, and was shot three times in the head as well. Now, Joe, as much as all of us here love dread, we also like to hear about the comeuppance. So tell us about this friend of of Miller and Sowers. Again, Craig Miller, Mary Sowers, the last Victims. two people that yeah. Yeah, they, they victimized. This brings they this witness suddenly brings everything up and, and the, the house of cards start to fall. Yeah. So he this friend actually ends up witnessing the abduction and reports the car's license plate number and the model of the car as an Oldsmobile Cutlass. That's a classic American <laughs> car. That should that that's dependable. God, but there's just not much maneuvering room in there, man. That's like I'm I mean, just I was, if, I was if, thinking if, they're rolling up in a van. I don't know. Well, I mean I, again, they oh. were using the van. Hmm. Again, was this and that may lend to how I was saying, like, why the fuck not find someone different? Craig Miller fits nothing about yeah. anything they do. If anything, particularly because we, we, we pretty much have a good amount of confirmation about the van for the other murders. Mm -hmm. This time they're in I what I would assume is their personal car. Yeah. This certainly seems like crime of passion or just reckless abandon because they're getting the fuck away with it. Yeah. So some of those precautions that they take are kind of falling by the wayside. Well, addiction is addiction. So if he has a sexual addiction, it doesn't matter however you're going to get your fix. So, I mean, you're going to be a little bit more, I guess, ballsy maybe. Yeah, fair enough, uh, to, uh, for lack of a better yeah. word, when talking about sexual uh, misanthropy. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Well, anyways, so they get this information. The police end up using this information to track down and arrest the Galagos at a Western Union office in Omaha, Nebraska. So they're still on the move. Um, where they end up well, actually, well, you know, that's where they're fleeing to. Well, the, the, the idea is that they, they were fairly certain or knew that there was a witness. Yeah. And so they kind of, once they did this, they kind of went on the run because everything else was taking place, you know, in California. What, there was a one or two events in Nevada. 
which I'm sure was pretty close to their their area. But now these motherfuckers are in Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah, so uh, sorry, Nebraska, Nebraska. <laughs> I mean, they're two goddamn time zones back. Yeah, they're fucking flame. Yeah, 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 exactly. And again, they find them in a Western Union. Charlene's parents, Joe, were actually in the process of wiring them money. I am sure they did not know for what. Mm. So I'm not knocking all that other shit. But yeah, so clearly they're gearing up for a fleeing. Yeah, yeah. But she was pregnant at the time, so she could have used that as leverage. So, And she actually ended up giving birth to that child behind bars in January of 1981. But... You know, she may have been using that as her escape. Like, Mom, Dad, I'm pregnant. You need to wire me money. I need help. Well, yeah, yeah. I need help with this. And then, of course, they have their capability of potentially fleeing. Now, so, again, they're arrested. Uh, Gerald and Charlene actually both pleaded not guilty to charges of kidnapping and murder. I fucking... (laughs) Down till the fucking end, I can at least give them that. (laughs) Now, Charlene's attorneys, there's always a weak link. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to make a sex thing about it. (laughs) Because it could probably swing both ways, but there is always... Somebody's always going to roll. Behind bars, somebody is not built as tough as the next person, no matter how fucking guilty they are of the same shit. Charlene's attorneys, Joe, were actually eventually able to convince the prosecutors uh, in several of the states. And so, again, they did this in multiple counties in California where the bodies were discovered and stuff like that. Then, then uh, that Reno. one in Nevada. Yeah, in so, you know, they've, they've got some stuff going on. I'm sure them being in Omaha at the time of their apprehension probably played. That was, Omaha has to settle some shit up now or yeah. something. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, they, con- they convinced them to allow Charlene to testify against Gerald for a plea deal. Again, someone's going to, who's going to plea fucking first? Charlene did here, and that reduced her prison sentence, Joe, to only 16 years and eight months. So in June of 1983, Gerald was sentenced to death in California for the murders of uh, Mary Beth Sowers and Craig Miller. Right, right. That, and that, that's the last two they, they they took on. Again, that was the one that had the witness. The license plate is reported. Like, that one, they are fucking just hook, line, and sinker fucking tied to that one. Yeah, so in about a year, or well, almost exactly a year later, June 1984, Gerald was then finally convicted in Nevada for the murders of Karen Twitter. And Stacy uh, Stacy Redakin. Yeah, he was actually sentenced to death, death in, in Nevada, Nevada for that. Yeah. I don't know how you kill a motherfucker across state lines at this point. Well, I mean, he was sentenced to death in California. Yeah, and, and then, in Nevada, exactly. But yeah. now, Joe, let's let's. So he he sentenced. We all know if you know anything about the yeah. American Heal death process, row system, yeah. it takes for you know they don't just convict you and take you around back and fucking pull put a bullet in you. No matter how fucking clear the evidence is, there's yeah. the appeal process, all of that stuff. So now, Joe, we, we get this, this, this final conviction of death in Nevada in 84 for Gerald. That takes us all the way to 1997, July. Mm-hmm. So just a touch over 13 years later, Joe, Charlene at this point has actually completed her sentences in, and, and she's released. Yeah. And, but uh, so she's released while in prison. She actually extensively studied psychology, trying to figure out what the fuck's wrong with herself. Hopefully <laughs> uh, business and Icelandic literature. So, well, the Nords the, probably have a lot of insight. Maybe that's where she's psychology. thinking. She's like, I'm going to go somewhere cold and not in the U.S. Either that or she wants to be the first, like, fucking multi-mogul white supremacist psychologist that's ever existed, in which case all three of those might line up good, Joe. So, but anyways, during an interview, sure. <laughs> anyway, that, that was a very astute observation. It was. I love you. Every, I just like giving you a hard time. The dreadheads. They get it. <laughs> uh, during an interview, uh, Charlene claimed that she was actually also a victim when she said, quote, there were victims who died and there were victims who live. It's taken me a hell of a long time to lo- realize why or that I'm one of the ones who lived, end quote. Yeah. And she also claimed that she, quote, tried to save some of the lives. Um I, I don't know. I have a hard I, time believing that. I really maybe do, the now, younger ones, but then again, she didn't give no. She didn't give two shits about his fourteen-year-old daughter. Well, not only that, but Charlene had the time for what fifteen, sixteen years studying psychology. Uh, she didn't have a death sentence, even though that's a long sentence. You know, fifteen to sixteen years. A she rolled on the man she quote unquote loved. Mm-hmm. She was very com- complicit in all of this. Yeah. 
But because she did that, she got 16 years and she had a lot of time to reflect and learn. So then she's like, oh, I was actually a victim in that. I am quite sure, and you could probably back me up on this. I don't know shit about psychology. Psychologically, she was a victim. She had some shit fucking crossed Mm. and she met kind of a perfect storm in Gerald. And in normal circumstances, she may have never went through any of that kind of stuff. We've seen that particularly with, with couples where like we were talking about, like, uh, uh, Paul and Carla, the Homolkas, Fred and Rose West, where it's like they were fucked up alone, but like the odds of them finding that kind of catalyst in a romantic partner, yeah, it's just so fucking. It, it, I mean, it's so you can't even account for it. It's so minute. Well, what's interesting about this one though, too, um, that I actually do like is that you know Charlene's background with her parents. Um, you know, there wasn't sexual abuse or anything there was just trauma and the familiar you know the familial roles you know that dynamic change so uh there's some codependency there's a codependency a a level of subservience to her father i mean obviously the 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 role of the the housewife at that time again we're talking early 70s Mm -hmm. it, it was quite different than what we're thinking about now in most modern societies where it's a shared household well, even, and things uh, like that. Even if you rewind it back, though, because, like, technically that happened before she was even in high school. You know, she was yeah, traveling so when she was a kid. Yeah, so we talking about mid to late 60s. Exactly. So, yeah, no, definitely there's some servants that's and, kind and of bred she, into her, or not bred into her, excuse me. It's it's more environmentally, it, it's it, it's expected. Um, well, on top of that, age, she went through a trauma, and then she had to learn codependency with her father because her mom was then dependent on her for those for those you know those chores or whatever whatever uh uh that role in it required well then not only that the, the positive mm-hmm. reinforcement she's getting from like they talk about you know her father's mm-hmm. clients and stuff about how she was very well mannered well spoken mm-hmm. and things like that so again wanting praise from somebody older, older in a more authoritative position mm-hmm. and things of like that again a lot of the people we discuss. It doesn't discuss, excuse her. No, her, it doesn't. But yeah. there's a, like we always say, like where I do that whole warning, war, like yeah. it's so fucking obvious in hindsight. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but, you know, again, it's tough to, I will say this and, you know, she rolled on him. She's a snitch, you know, fucking Cameron for life. No fucking snitches. Yeah. She fucking rolled on him. Fuck her. Because yeah. she participated in it. Psycholo- psychology shit be damned. Yeah. She participated. Yeah. All right. but. Like I said, she was kind of given an opportunity that most people we discuss on this show was not, which was time alone to reflect, and she actually sought out psychology. I give you all kinds of shit about psychology, but goddamn, if there's one group of people in this entire world that needs psychology, it is fucking people like Charlene and Gerald doing shit like that, like this, that we know we are capable of doing. But it's just not right. It goes against almost everyone's, as a human collective, moral fiber. But it went down, and that's the way it did. Uh, That's the way it did. Uh, Charlene is uh, the best. I could not find out where she currently is. I would imagine she may have a new identity. Yeah. You know, she was born. There's no drama, so uh, yeah, leave it be. Right. (laughs) And she was, I mean, she was born in 56. So what, in, in. 06, she was 50, mm. then 60. You know, she's about to be 70. Hell, she could be fucking dead for all we know at this point. But now what we do know, Joe, yeah. what happened in 2002? Gerald Gallagher's fucking, he fucking died of cancer in Nevada. <laughs> yeah, he, he was in the Nevada prison, you know, awaiting his execution. Again, this was the execution in Nevada that was handed down in 1984 yeah. and cancer took care of Gerald Gallagher in 2002 so what almost 20 years mm. later yeah. cancer was like all right fuck you nevada we'll take care yeah. of it and they took care of it and that brings about the end of this story and episode 39 about Gerald and Charlene Gallagher the love slave killers so, Joe, what did you think about the Galagos? Definitely really... one of those that most people don't know about, but yeah. a very fascinating story, in my opinion. Yeah, I like this one. I, I always learn along with this, you know, obviously when we're doing the episodes, because I don't haven't been doing the notes. No, and that's fine. <laughs> and you've, sitting, been, you've been, you've so been it's nice birthing to learn and about rearing them, yeah. children and things <laughs> of that nature. The least I can do is take down notes for this fucking <laughs> podcast. 
I'm always intrigued by serial killer couples. Mm. Uh, some of my favorite research, and I, I say, you know, obviously I dig this kind of shit. There's fucked up stuff in it, but I loved digging about Carla and Paul Homolka, particularly fucking Fred and Rose West may have been probably in one of, at least my, for sure my top 10, maybe top five favorite topics to actually, uh, fucking research. And the biggest reason is, is the perfect storm when you see there's it makes almost no goddamn sense that these people <laughs> met each other again gerald and charlene met at a fucking poker hall in sacramento i know and because of that we have no way of of being able to know 100 percent that had they not met this kind of shit would have never fucking went down you know what i'm saying and the fact yeah, that they yeah, just I mean- serendipitously met at a poker club in sacramento that's what I find so fascinating. I, I and just, I just feel like I don't know. Chaos uh, attracts chaos. I think eventually either one of them would have found the other counterpart. I mean, honestly, that makes as especially much sense. without fixing the psychology behind it. Right. I mean, that makes as much sense as anything else. Just mm-hmm. like negative, re- you know, attracting negative, yep. or just yeah, like you said, like chaos feeding on chaos. So mm-hmm. whether they know it or not, they just have all kinds of fucked up hormones and fucking all kinds <laughs> of other shit. Just fucking shooting lightning at each other on a different dimensional plane they can't see. They're just connecting, and one of them's ordering a coffee at the other end of the bar, and the other one's got a beer, and they ain't even talked yet. And the universe is already like, oh, fuck. We shouldn't have let them in the same building. Nothing we can do now. Here we go. Oh, hang on, everybody. But yes, we we hope y'all enjoyed episode 39 about the Galagos. Again, don't forget to check out Paranormally Cryptid. If you like your dread and you like your fucking monsters, you're going to want to check out what Cody's doing over there. Joe, one more time, hit them with the one place they can go for all things dread-related. Spreadthedreadpodcast.com. Yep, on their podcast links, shop links, donation links, and definitely make sure to start getting in those subs on YouTube and BitChute because as we announced earlier, the revamped Fright Flick Fuck, Mary Kill with video. It's going to also have an audio podcast of it too, so don't worry. That's going to be on YouTube and a brand new series, Talking Dread, where I'm going to sit down with directors, actors, authors, everyone involved that I can get on this thing about true crime and horror. And although you can get the audio on all of our podcast places, YouTube and BitChute right now is the only place you need to see that video. So definitely subscribe today. Joe, is that it? And don't forget to hit us up on IG. We're bored. You know, just come hit us up. Absolutely. Yeah. If you, if, that's the best place on, on yeah. all of social media. We're we always a, down to talk some shit. Absolutely. Any of our OG dreadheads can tell you they've had way too many drunken conversations with us. Yeah. And once you get into the club, we'll let you have one of those yeah. too. And we hate social media. So why not use it just to like dick around and absolutely. talk shit to people? Fucking vibe. Find and vibe with your tribe. tribe. That's what we do here. Joe, let's wrap this up like we always do. Once again, I'm John. And I'm Joe. And you just heard episode 39 of Spread the Dread. We want to tell you thank you so much. We love each and every one of you. And no matter where you're at in this world, it's fucking rough out there. You guys leave the dread to us. Y'all stay proud. Y'all stay powerful. And y'all stay positive and keep wrecking that fucking shit. Why don't you start right now and get the fuck out of here?